Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Well, welcome in, everyone. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Glad to be with you all today, as always, here on the program. On this Wednesday, September 13th, year of our Lord, 2023. And we're playing this song today because we have news out of the state of Utah. The beautiful, beautiful state of Utah. Where they had a senator representing them, so to speak, supposed to be representing them. That is a elected Republican in name only who has, well, let's just say stopped running for re-election. Uh, as of today, Mitt Romney's not going to run for re-election. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to give Mitt Romney three minutes of my airtime uh, to, to spew his lies just because I'm so excited that he's not running again. I'm going to give him airtime. So here we go. Here's Here's a full video uh, from Mitt Romney's Senate profile about re-election. Just because I, I don't like Mitt Romney, but I'm so excited he's going to get out of the news that I'm going to give him three minutes of our airtime. You know, contrary to a lot of expectations, I already can't stand I enjoy this. my work in the Senate a good deal. The last few years have been particularly productive as I was able to help lead and negotiate the bipartisan infrastructure law, a comprehensive China strategy process, religious liberty protections, a compromised gun safety law, the Electoral Count Act reform, and emergency COVID relief funding. 
I was also able to help secure key Utah priorities, including funding for Hill Air Force Base and its program to modernize our nuclear deterrent, as well as funding for wildfire prevention, water infrastructure, rural broadband, removal of uranium tailings from Moab, expansion and restoration of our highway and yada, transit yada, infrastructure, yada, 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 and federal yada, yada. studies to save the Great Salt Lake. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now, we face critical challenges, mounting national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. Neither President Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront those issues. On deficits and debt, both men refuse to address entitlements, even though they know that this represents two-thirds of federal spending. Donald Trump calls global warming a hoax, and President Biden offers feel-good solutions that make no difference to the global climate. On China, President Biden underinvests in the military, and President Trump underinvests in our alliances. Political motivations too often impede the solutions that these challenges demand. The next generation of leaders must take America to the next stage of global leadership. While I'm not running for re-election, I'm not retiring from the fight. I'll be your United States Senator until January of 2025. I will keep working on these and other issues, and I'll advance our state's numerous priorities. I look forward to working with you and with folks across our state and nation in that endeavor. It really is a profound honor to serve Utah and the country, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. So that's the video from Mitt Romney posted to his official Senate Twitter account. I find it a little weird that he was able to get away with um, openly talking about campaigning on his Senate account, but I digress. That is out there. Uh, Mitt Romney is not running for re-election. Uh, he calls for a new generation for leaders in this video, or of leaders uh, in this video, which really surprises me. Um, maybe it's because the rhino was elected chairman of the National uh, Young Republicans Federation, but I think when you look at the uh, young Republicans across the country, the actual voting block young Republicans, right? The New York Young Republicans Club, the D.C. Young Republicans Club, um, the Ohio High School Republicans, organizations of the like, you're not going to find Mitt Romney generation leaders. You're just not going to find them. Now, you might in the National Federation, but the National Federation doesn't have effect on elections, at least not uh, local elections. Um, so... I don't see this being something that works in Mitt Romney's favor, and I think he will be replaced by someone like Trent Skaggs, the mayor of a town in Utah running for Senate, endorsed by Turning Point. Um, and I think he'll be re replaced by Trent Skaggs, and Mitt Romney will regret not running again when someone as based and populist as Trent Skaggs seems to be at this point uh, replaces Mitt Romney in the U.S. Senate. So um, we have that there. I'm so glad to hear that Mitt Romney's not running again. I was ecstatic. I was smiling all day today. 
cannot could not wait uh, to sit behind this microphone and join you all tonight to discuss it because it is just truly exciting. Um, so McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, released a statement or his, his staff released a statement. I don't think he can talk very well. Uh, the U.S. Senate is known to attract bright and proven public servants. However, we really get to welcome new senators already as accomplished and well-regarded as Mitt Romney. The Senate has been fortunate to call our friend from Utah a colleague these past four year and a half years, and I'm sorry, sorry to learn he will depart our ranks at the end of next year. So he only served one term. Uh, one thing interesting about Mitt Romney is he is kind of a carpetbagger, and by kind of a carpetbagger, I mean he is a major, major carpetbagger. He ran for the... He, he was in the... Uh, Sorry, Massachusetts governorship. He was born. Was he born in Utah? Um, no, he was born in Michigan. He served as the may uh, the governor of Massachusetts, and then he moved to Utah after losing to the one and only Barack Hussein Obama, born in Kenya. Um, he moved there, and then ran for uh senator from Utah because he couldn't win as senator from the great state of Massachusetts. So he's had a carpet bagging career. He's gone wherever the politics led him. And we, we saw people like Dr. Oz try to do the same thing. Um, John, not John, Dave McCormick, I think his name is, uh, tried the same thing in Pennsylvania and it didn't work out in his favor. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I, my biggest thing is I think we're going to see Mitt Romney teaming up with no labels if and when um, Donald Trump is the nominee. Because we are expecting Donald Trump to be the nominee already. He is likely to be the nominee of the Republican Party. Uh, President Biden, or Resident Biden, probably won't be the Democrat nominee, but as of now, he will be. Um, and so you're going to see these people uh, with a group called No Labels, which is trying to get a Republican and a Democrat to team up together to make a independent ticket across the states uh, to tank the two old guys, tank the two parties. Um, not that I think that they will be um, be successful, but I could possibly see Mitt Romney and someone like Kirsten Cinema uh, trying to to come out and and uh, take over that ticket and take over the no labels. Uh, Joe Manchin's was probably the, the first choice for no labels. I believe he is going to lead the the University of West Virginia, if I recall correctly. Um, so he's going to get out of the Senate and do that after he loses or he doesn't run for re-election. Um, Jim Justice is going to win that seat probably, or Alex Mooney, both of which are great candidates. Um, so yeah, Mitt Romney's gone. He'll probably end up running for president. I hope he doesn't, but he probably will. It worked so well for him last time. He'll hurt in Massachusetts and Utah and nowhere else. And, and last time we had a rhino running in Utah, it was Evan McMullen. And we see how that went with Trump actually winning. So Mitt Romney, we welcome the competition. All right, friends, back after this here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Make sure you use our voicemail line available through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash GOP Josh. But the phone number is public for anyone to use. 
I mean, that phone number is 57GOPJosh7, 574-675-6747, brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, patreon.com slash GOPJosh. So Kevin McCarthy has announced he's going to have committees uh, launch a Biden impeachment probe. This is from the Ohio Capitol Journal. Uh, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Tuesday announced that he has directed several House committees to open a former and formal impeachment inquiry into unproven GOP allegations that President Joe Biden profited from his son's business dealings when he was vice president in the Obama administration. So for those who aren't from Ohio listening to the program, the Ohio Capitol Journal is a left-wing, very, very left-wing paper. So you're going to hear left-wing talking points in this, but this is just the article I found um, that I read through. So McCarthy was originally going to take this to the floor, right? He was going to tell all the congressmen, vote on this and see where we go um, and get 218 votes. We launch an inquiry. If not, we're not going to. He doesn't have 218 votes. He doesn't have people like Don Bacon from Nebraska and Nancy Mace from South Carolina, Tony Gonzalez probably from Texas. They're not going to back what the McCarthy people want. They're not going to back this impeachment inquiry because they're they're rhinos. They're Republicans in name only. And I hate how we go every day on about spiels about rhinos, but they really are. They 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 are rhinos. They are people who are not Republican. They are people who are not conservative, yet they claim to be part of the Republican Party. Uh, I hate to tell you, if you're not a conservative you're not a Republican, right? If you're not a conservative, you're not going to be a person that that should be in the Republican Party. Um, and that's just that my take. But I also don't think a Biden impeachment inquiry is the best way to go about things, especially this close to an election. Um, and I don't want to make it an oh, electability uh, sort of conversation, but we have Joe Biden who has falling favorability ratings Falling in the polls, Trump is beating him by by five to ten points in most polls, um, and you, and you are you're looking at this and you're you're thinking why would we give that up to impeach Joe Biden and not get him convicted? I mean, there are our U.S. senators on the Democrat in the Democrat Party that will vote for their own family to be deported and, and murdered and killed before they'd vote to uh, impeach a Democrat president. And there are some Republicans the same way too, even if they are overtly guilty. But we're not going to get Joe Biden out of office. This impeachment inquiry will bring some things to the table, and I'll give the Republicans that. But putting out in public that we are impeaching Joe Biden will boost him in the polls the same way that Donald Trump was boosted in the polls when he was impeached. We saw a lot of it. We we saw the same sort of situation happen where I can't remember what I was listening to um, that that made this analogy. But before COVID, Trump was unbeatable because of the impeachment, because of the political persecution that we're seeing now. We're seeing him go back up in the polls uh, because of this political persecution. He is unbeatable and he would have been had it not been for COVID. We're going to create the same situation with Joe Biden have, if we do impeach him, especially without conviction. Um. So he couldn't get the votes to even bring this to the table. So he didn't bring it to the table. He just he's going to have the uh, committees start looking at it. 
instead of doing a full House investigation, the committees will bring their finding, probably giving them time to get Republicans on board and launch a formal investigation or former a formal. Yes, formal investigation into Joe Biden. Now, you can think what you think about Joe Biden. I don't like him, but an impeachment inquiry is not going to be the way to go about things. It's going to lead to major distractions and it's not going to lead to doing the right thing. We have a House majority right now that can be putting pressure on. I hate to tell you guys, and I know they're entertaining. You got the popcorn, you got the the soda pops and all that fun stuff watching them. House committee investigations don't do anything. They reveal some things in the news. Two days later, it's out of the news. And what was this all about? We could be passing legislation or at least trying to get it through to help the American people. We could be putting a a, a target on the head of Christopher Ray, and Merrick Garland, of uh, Alexandria Mayorkas. But we're not. We're focusing on the guy at the top, which is, in principle, a good idea, focusing on the guy at the top. But we're not going to get anywhere focusing on someone that will never be impeached. We're more likely to have victories in the Ray case, in the Mayorkas case, in the uh, Garland case. We're more likely to see some victories in that capacity than we are now, right? Than we are in the Biden impeachment inquiry. Although I do think inherently it's a good idea. I don't think it's going to work in our favor the way we think it will. And that tells me, Republicans know that, by the way. Governing Republicans, McCarthy knows that. They don't like winning. They don't want Joe Bi- or Donald Trump to win again for a third time. They, they don't want to win. They don't want Republicans to win. I'm not sure why or what they gain from not having Republicans winning, not having the people that the party they're a part of that they make money from winning. But they don't want Trump to win again. They don't want a a winning party, a winning message from the right wing. So they're going to do whatever they can to put up roadblocks. That's why they didn't fight against the election uh, interference in 2020. The, the voter fraud in 2020, and we had to do it ourselves. We had to make documentaries. We had to do the court case. We had to do all of it ourselves as the people. They didn't fight against a lot of the things that were coming up against President Trump. A lot of them haven't made statements out of out of um, the, the political persecution against Donald Trump currently. So we're supposed to look at this and say, yeah, I, I totally, totally see how this is going to work out, right? It's not going to work out, and it's just going to hurt us worse. And I'm tired of thinking it's not. And I'm tired of, of conservatives going out there and, and thinking that it won't. Um, so we'll continue here. Far-right Republicans, and we're probably going to carry this over to the second segment here. Um, by the way, brought to you by Fiverr really quickly here, inter- inter- interjecting. Uh, get a gig, a translation service, logo design, whatever you might need, branding, a new whole new branding system, uh, AI-generated art, whatever you might need over at our Patreon page, or not Patreon, wrong wrong link, Josh. Our Fiverr page, Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace and allows both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. So you can support the program for $5 at bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr and get something out of the deal. That is bit.ly slash GOP Josh, F-I-V-E-R-R. Thank you, Fiverr, for supporting the program. So 
This is an NBC title, by the way. A far-right Republican-based. Tell McCarthy his impeachment inquiry won't soften their spending demands. Um, so far-right Republicans are delivering a clear message to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy that they won't soften their demands for spending cuts and government's funding legislation one bit as a result of his impeachment inquiry on President Joe Biden, even as a shutdown looms at the end of the month. Uh, zero, zero, they're totally unrelated. Bob Good from Virginia said, uh, the impeachment inquiry is right, but that has absolutely nothing to do with the spending battle. We can do both at the same time, so absolutely not connected in any way. Uh, if you don't know, we are up against a strict deadline for spending. I believe it's the 1st of October. But we know, uh, the th September 30th, I'm sorry. We've known about the spending deadline since October 1st, 2022. Right, we've known about this for a long time. This isn't something that just pops up out of nowhere. This has been a, this every year, the deadline's the same date, unless we do a a temporary spending or whatever the term is to interject it and take it further and, and, and take it to the end of the year. Every year, the deadline is October 1st or, or September 30th. I mean, we, we are, we are just losing it as a, as a country, as a government. When we have the same thing going on every year and we wait until the last minute to try to slip by the people, try to slip by what's going on, trying to slip by the whole situation and trying to not be accountable to the people. Because if they have one big omnibus bill that's 2,000 pages, no one will ever read it, including the people voting for it. If you put pressure on them now, refuse to pass an omnibus, make them go individually as it's supposed to be done, then we have some accountability. But they don't want that accountability. They want an excuse to pass an omnibus. So they waited until the last minute. And so we can't let this impeachment inquiry get in the way of doing a balanced budget and doing what we need to do, what we promised the people um, during the speaker negotiation that Matt Gates worked so hard on. Um, so we're going to be back with you here Keep, keep going into this article about the impeachment inquiry, uh, about the spending demands. Also, Nikki Haley, who's not even really running for president at this point, uh, did something controversial. Wow, she's she's the most milquetoast uh, conservative I've heard of, but she's doing something controversial. Uh, we'll talk about that next. Also, the Georgia grand jury, this is kind of an old story, but I want to get into it because I, I missed it. About 38 people, trying to charge 38 people over the 19 they actually went through with. We'll be back after this here on the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Future Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader.
This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader, brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gopjosh. Give us a call. Leave a voicemail, 574-675-6747. That's 57-GOP-JOSH-7. Uh, on your phone, or you can shoot a text, whatever you might want to do. Um, very cool. So true, in fact. All right. So... We were talking before the break about spending and about the impeachment inquiry and how they're kind of working against each other. And Republicans like Matt Gates from Florida, great conservative. I've had the honor of meeting him before. He's a great guy, uh, very personable. Is not allowing this impeachment inquiry uh, to not to, to to overshadow, some would say, these spending negotiations and the spending bills. Uh, so Matt Gates said this to uh, New York, uh, not New York City News, NBC News. Um, with or without impeachment, we knew that government funding was running out on September 30th. Um, there are no, there is no excuse uh, for not having had our individual single subject spending bills considered by now. Um, Dan Bishop said it's irrelevant. Why would I change unless I really don't prioritize the spending problems and the debt when it comes to the impeachment inquiry? Why would he change his focus? Um, and a lot of people are seeing through it. A lot of congressmen are seeing absolutely through it. Um, Bob Good said the impeachment inquiry is right, but that has nothing to do with the spinning battle. We can do both at the same time. Absolutely not connected in any way. Um, Ralph Norman, the chairman, I believe, of the former chairman of the Freedom Caucus, said well overdue, should have been done a long time ago in terms of the impeachment inquiry. Uh, but he said the inquiry and government funding are two separate issues and completely different. So they're not allowing this to be overshadowed, as, as I kind of saw it was at first. So so first, and here's my line of thinking, I saw the impeachment inquiry as a distraction from spending. And then I thought about it, and I'm thinking this is a distraction from uh, Trump's campaign, trying to make sure Donald Trump loses and, and by not backing the Republican nominee. Because they're going to boost the Democrat nominee, boost his polls, boost his fundraising, give him something else to fundraise over, uh, and hurt our nominee. And that's kind of the th- line of thinking I'm in now. Especially now that we've seen so many congressmen like Matt Gates, like Ralph Norman, um, like Dan Bishop, like Bob Good, actually going out and saying that this isn't about the, the impeachment inquiry. This isn't about spending. That There are two completely, utterly, totally separate issues and we're not going to to allow one to overshadow the other. Um, McCarthy has called for a short-term bill so that the House GOP can continue passing its own funding bills to strengthen its negotiating uh, hand with the Senate. Um, Chip Roy said, I'm not going to vote for a CR. I believe that's a continuation resolution uh, that continues the current spending levels and the current spending priorities. Uh, Chip Roy said, a uh, member of the Conservative Freedom Caucus, he added that he might back a 24-hour bill to finish something, but not something that's 30 days or longer. Roy also made it clear that he wouldn't wouldn't accept McCarthy relying on Democratic votes for a short-term funding bill to buy time of appropriations. Asked Wednesday if forcing a short-term measure could threaten McCarthy's speakership, he said, I don't think that would happen because it would be enormously stupid. Um, Gates, a I love I love this headline or the, this byline for Matt Gates, an outspoken McCarthy antagonist. That's that that makes him a villain, and that's epic. That sounds awesome. Um, so that the Speaker passes a continuing resolution with the help of Democrat votes, he might consider calling a motion to overthrow him. Any one member can force a vote. That's the motion to vacate we talked about during the Speaker debacle to begin with. Matt Gates is a great congressman. 
I mean, he really is. And um, I know his staff very well. Joel Valdez is a great communications guy over there at his team. Uh, his interns and his office are all great. They're all GOP Josh and Joyer. So if you're listening to the program, thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for the ho- uh, the hospitality when I was in D.C. this summer. Um, man, I mean, he's he's such a good congressman doing the right things. And I, I'm completely and totally serious when I go on X, when I go on uh, Twitter, formerly Twitter, and I talk about how Matt Gates should be our speaker because he's actually representing the representatives and representing the people of this government. He's representing the people of this country. Because when you go out and talk to people, they don't care about an impeachment inquiry deep down. They care about trying to pay their bills. They care about trying to make sure the government's not abusing their tax dollars. They make sure the government's not allowing $140 billion, trillion, gazillion, bazillion dollars uh, to go to Ukraine through this hidden omnibus bill. They don't want funding for Ukraine. They want funding for us, for this country, for our people, for this government, for this uh, citizen base. And the only Republican going out there talking about this, actually representing the people, is is Matt Gates. And so I'm so glad that he's in Congress. I'm so glad he's fighting for us the way he is. He's such a great guy. And I'm just incredibly over overhyped about the way he's fighting against McCarthy. Um, former chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Andy Biggs, um, expressed skepticism at the timing of the impeachment inquiry, suggesting McCarthy did it now to distract conservatives from the funding fight. Um, I think the timing is interesting on that. It probably might be seen uh, as some by as a deflection. Uh, asked if a motion to vacate should be a tool that remains on the table. He replied, yes, absolutely. Uh, Rep. Paul Gosar, who's also based, I didn't get a chance to meet him, uh, praised McCarthy for pressing forward with the impeachment inquiry, but he said he agreed with Gates that CR was a non-starter. That's a continuing resolution uh, that could result in a speaker ouster. Uh, I might, I'll tell you right now, I want nothing to do with that CR. It's from the Pelosi year. She pre-funded a lot of this. From my standpoint, how can you impugn a former Congress by loading it up with money? Uh, McCarthy responded Tuesday to Gates, accusing the Florida Republican of working with Democrats like Eric Swalwell to dispose him. The speaker alluded to the ethics inquiry involving sex trafficking that Gates has been embroiled in. Um, And the one thing I make it very clear again, threaten only once, I will not interject the speaker into the Independent Ethics Committee to influence it any way at all. Uh, Some various Republicans say they have confidence in McCarthy to navigate the various challenges on impeachment and government funding and keep his job. Uh, Mike Garcia, who is in a, like a D plus 74 district, and he's a Republican, um, said, I think if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet against him on this one. Thinks he's threaded the needle in the past and he can get through this. So we'll see from there. Um, I'm just not a McCarthy guy. I'm really not. He's he's not. He's not the. Not the conservative superstar fighter that we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, really. And so I'm I'm so glad that we have people like Matt Gates, like Andy Biggs, like Paul Gosar in Congress. Um, and that's part of the way I'm vetting candidates uh, when I'm talking to them to maybe endorse them or have them on the program is are you going to stand with Matt Gates or are you going to stand with with Kevin McCarthy? Are you going to stand with the true conservatives or are you going to just kind of thread the needle, you know, toe the line? Do what you have to do to get by, get reelected, and keep getting a paycheck. Because depending on your priorities and depending on, on how you value your job is how I'm going to value uh, 
as a congressman and value value you as a potential candidate. And so I think I think everyone should do it the same way. And um, I don't know. That, that's my take on it. Um, that's my take on the whole situation. If you enjoyed that commentary, uh, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash jpjash. Support the program that way. Uh, when we're back with the Ohio segment, we're going to talk about redistricting again. I know I just did it Monday, but there's not a lot more Ohio news to go into. And the the in, the redistricting is actually really interesting because it's outlaying a deeper fight in the state house, which we're going to cover, which is always into entertaining. I love the internal speaker fights <laughs> in the Ohio state house, which has happened so many times. Um, it, it's too common. Um, it's absolutely too common. Also, a Georgia grand jury, the one that in, that uh, put charges towards 19 people uh, with uh, great Fannie Willis, the uh, big Fannie Willis in Georgia. In the, She's just out of her mind. She wanted to try 38 people alongside Trump. That's 39. That's 20 more than she actually went through with. Uh, so we'll see that here in a minute. We'll talk about that, who those people are why they were put in there uh, in the Ohio segment of the program today, uh, brought to you by our friends over at Make Honey Great Again, makehoneygreatagain.com. Use code TSMS. That is code TSMS. Here on the program, we'll be right back after this. This is The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Conservative Crusader. I love that song so much, and it's so true. Uh, glad to be with you back here on the program. This is the Conservative Crusader, brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash Josh. This Ohio segment is brought to you by makehoneygreatagain.com. Use code TSMS at checkout. TSMS is in the Sam McGuire show. At TSMS. All right, so first and foremost, I want to kind of go into some personal news when it comes to this program. Uh, Feedspot is a publication, I'll be honest, I'm not too familiar with. It is a podcasting, like, news feed. It's a blog um, where they talk about Ohio political podcasts, and they do national political conservative podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I was actually included on one of their lists, which is kind of cool. So I'll link that in the show uh, show notes below. The Ohio Political Podcasts link, there's 25 shows on this list, um, and I'm proud to announce that I am actually number one on this list, So, which is crazy news to think about. Let's, let's go through some of the other people on this list. Um, there's Mean Street USA, or News, which I could go into them for a long time. We're not going to talk about them. Uh, Living Liberal, which I've never heard of. That's in 14. MV Red is a pretty popular podcast. They're kind of astroturfed by... People like um, 
what's his name, Hugh Hewitt on, on the radio. They, they he backs them. Um, the Samuel McGuire shows at number twenty. Uh, another Red Future Radio production. Uh, John Kasich's podcast is at number eight, and then uh, top one uh, is this program, which is completely honor and uh, honor and privilege to be at that position on the list, which is just. It's, it's amazing to me that we are number one and we only do one Ohio segment a week or a day, which is crazy that we are up here and I'm so thankful for all of you and we're just getting started. There's a, there's a whole conservative podcast list. I'm, I'm kind of addicted to this now. So there's the whole, uh, there's the conservative podcasts link that does all the, all the conservative podcasts nationally. I'm only like 56 on that list. So we're going to have to keep, keep working on it. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But let's hop into this non-Ohio story really quickly here. So a Georgia grand jury recommended 38 charges in this case. They decided to also try to charge, or they didn't succeed. They tried to also charge um, Michael Roman, who was part of the day-to-day operations for President Trump. Also, if you remember the time period around January 6th and that whole situation, the day before was, oh, quick uh, Trump line news, Trump is uh, going to do a rally in Dubai, Iowa, on the 20th. So in just a week in Iowa at 3 p.m. So it's a Wednesday, so make sure you're there for that if you're in Iowa. Uh, all right, back to the story. Uh, Purdue and Leffler are the two senators of Georgia that were up for re-election around that time period, and they tried to indict them as well. Now, they did not succeed. Um, they tried to... Here it is. A special grand jury accused... Lindsey Graham, who is a real life just, I I don't know, he's he's kind of a weird weird uh, lady G, uh, and others are violating Georgia's racketeer influenced and corruption organizations law. That's that's a RICO. That's a RICO charge. Saying they tried to overturn the state's 2020 election with Trump, the incumbent Republican, lost to Democrat Joe Biden. We do a little trolling. It's called we do a little trolling. You know that's not true. Um, the South Carolina senator who's chaired the Judiciary Committee. Uh, called Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger shortly after the November election. Uh, and Raffensperger has said Graham asked him whether he had the power to reject certain absentee ballots, which is a valid question. It's a complete and total valid question. Um, in an interview on a right-wing, uh, wait, General Flynn as well? It says Flynn, so I'm guessing they're, they're also talking about General Flynn. This article is very poorly written. And I went over it earlier, and I still very poorly written the they didn't even mention General Flynn before, so I'm guessing he's one of them in there. But they try to go with 38 people on this RICO charge. Now, RICO is a a mobster's charge, a, a, mo- a mob, the, the mafia. This is a mafia charge. You're saying Trump's part of the mafia? Trump has his own mafia? <laughs> We're so back, Patriot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, but they're trying everything, and they're not going to go anywhere with it. And, and the fact that they left Purdue out and Leffler out, but, but, but threw in random election officials into this RICO charge nonsense, that's just, it's funny. I find this whole situation kind of funny because it's going to go nowhere. The worst case Trump has against him right now is going to be the documents case. And if you really think he's going to go anywhere with the documents case, you are severely mistaken. Um, It's not going to go anywhere, guys. It's not... It, <laughs> People are going to say Trump's going to be in chains for the rest of his life, and it's it's just not true. Um, all right. So really quickly here, the actual Ohio news for the Ohio. I mean, do, we, do we play the music again? No, I, I hear I did it too long the first time. 
The first meeting of the Ohio Redistricting Commission underscored divisions among legislative Republicans that stalled selecting a co-chairman Wednesday and threatened to complicate efforts to create new constitutional maps um, by this fall. So we have no Ohio House or Ohio Senate maps drawn. So we're using the unconstitutional, the maps we used for the last cycle uh, for this this uh, congressional race this time around in 2024. By the way, uh, Jane Timken's not going to run in Ohio 13. Thank goodness. Um, so we're using the the congressional maps. We do not ha- yet have House and Senate maps. Um, and we're three months away from the filing deadline for that. So if I wanted to run for state central committee, if my representative turns into a stinker head, um, I have three months to decide that. Um, and I don't know what the maps are going to look like. This is really a problem when it comes to why are you running for office. If you're already declaring for office, if you're someone that's running against an incumbent because you don't like that incumbent and you don't even know if you're going to be in that person's district, you are in it for yourself. If you're running um, – and I'm not referring to certain people. I'm, I'm very specific to one individual. Not – not okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's not uh, a, a guy that announced today, Austin uh, Beagle, I believe is his last name. Uh, Beagle, I might be pronouncing it incorrect. I'll figure it out. Um, by tomorrow, who we're going to have him on the program this Friday. Um, I'm so glad he's running against Jeff LeRae. He's very likely to be in Jeff LeRae's district, but he's also just in it for the right reasons. He's not in it for himself. People running for, like, state central committee that are running now for some reason without even knowing what districts are that aren't already on the on the committee. They're in it for themselves. I hate to tell you. You know who you are. Um, so we don't have maps, Right. And so you really can't run a campaign until you know who your voters are. If you have three months to find your voters, we're not going to have people who aren't incumbents in there. And that's the goal. That's the goal. So they're holding this up because of a speaker battle. Uh, Huffman and, and Stevens did not re- agree on a Republican co-chair. Uh, Governor Mike DeWine adjourned until Friday morning. So Huffman has expressed an interest in running for House Speaker at some point. Um, Huffman told reporters Wednesday that he discussed the chairmanship with Stevens about two weeks ago, saying that Senate Republicans should co-chair the commissions because House Republicans held the position last time. His response was, well, we can talk about that, so that's what's going on as we're we're talking about that. Um, Jeff LeRae, who uh, Austin is running against, he's with End Abortion Ohio. Uh, He is the former co-chair. I'm so glad that (laughs) – um, so completely glad that Austin's running – Cannot wait to have him on the program here very shortly. Um, it is imperative members of the commission operate in good faith with our shared goal of delivering strong representation for the people of Ohio. Our work is ongoing and we look forward to continued collaboration together. I haven't heard Jeff LaRae speak ever, so I'm just kind of mimicking him. Um, Keith Faber, a Republican auditor, was also discussed as an option to co-chair the commission. Faber said he would um, accept any role. So the Democrat members of the commission, Minority Leader Nikki Antonio, uh, Allison Russo, we're in agreement of who would serve as a Democratic co-chairwoman, depending on whom the GOP picked. It's a little tight, and our our people need to get it together if we're going to have elections on time. We're supposed to have them in March. We are to to have a say in the Republican or Democrat presidential nominee picking process and the actual a voice and who our nominees are going to be. We ha- we can't have them in May. We sure can't have them in August. The primaries. So we're having the primaries as of now in March. I don't know the exact date for that yet, but the filing deadline is the end of December or early, early January of 2024. Probably going to be the 5th of March for the primary. 
we're cutting it close, guys. We're less than six months away uh, from the filing deadline. We're about three months away. And we don't have maps. <laughs> we don't have any way you can actually run. And so I'm glad people are... Uh, I'm glad people are running. I'm glad people like Austin are running. I'm so excited for his campaign. But if you're running with the sole message of I'm taking down an incumbent for a unpaid position or a paid position and you start running now when you don't know if you'll be in the district or not unless you live a block away from them, um, you probably shouldn't be in the race because you're not in it for the right reasons. You're in it for yourself. And I'm going to leave my undertones there for the program today. Hope you all enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure you're at us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of the stuffs. Um, our Patreon page is patreon.com slash gopjosh. Our phone number is 574-675-6747. And we appreciate you all joining the program today. This is a production of the Red Future Radio Network, and we'll be back with you on Friday, September 15th, year of our Lord 2023. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 